going on guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and band chats my name is john Croom. if you haven't already please make sure you hit that subscribe button leave us a review it really helps out a lot um but anyways this is our last episode of the olympic recap um we ran into some troubles with uh johnny whale where he had to kind of bail on the last few episodes but um yeah we sit down with a newly crowned bronze medalist uh emma white we chat about what her experience was like in tokyo uh, but anyways, yeah, it, these Olympics were wild. And I, I think it really kind of plays the fact of how cool a team pursuit can be. Because honestly, the most drama was in the team pursuit this year with track cycling. So uh, it was really cool to see kind of all the different tech and all the different bikes that were coming out. But uh, yeah, it was also interesting to see kind of how everybody responded and who reacted. Um, honestly, I would have lost a lot of money if I would have had to bet and put my guesses on who was going to win and who was going to lose and whatever. I mean, Philippe Ogana, straight up madman, just pulls, you know, Italy to the final, you know, one kilometer, which then they win it by like 0.1. Um, I think the underdogs was New Zealand. Um, and by underdogs, I mean, they got underlooked because, yeah, they probably gave Italy their closest fight and then to crash against Australia was uh, pretty rough and hard to watch. Um, then on the women's side, um, nobody ever thought, or at least I didn't think, that Germany was going to win. Um, I did know that they had an epic team, but now after communications with some private people, uh, it sounds like they were training pretty hard with the uh, men's team, um, or they were training overpaced pretty much the whole 18 months, which makes sense. Uh, you obviously want to train over your race pace if you want to go fast, right? So, yeah, it was really cool to see and uh, really interesting to kind of see all the tech again that came out and from the teams that we didn't really expect to do much, uh, did a lot. Um, I also want to give a huge shout-out to Canada. Um, Canada had an amazing ride in the men's um, as well as the women's, but the men's team, for them to do what they did was impressive um you know people keep saying that we need world tour riders in the team pursuit and that's what makes a team pursuit team and canada is a sheer sign that you do not need that uh canada you know has some of the most talented track riders because to be able to put up a 346 and a fifth place finish at the olympic games seeing where they came from yeah it was amazing so i just want to give a huge shout out to team canada for what they did and how they accomplished that. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this interview with Emma White. Um, yeah, but first, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Spot. Guys, the world is starting to open up with everybody doing their part and getting vaccinated, which also means that more people are out there doing those adventures that you love to do as well, which also leaves more room for accidents. So if you're not covered by Spot, I don't know what you're doing. Spot is a zero deductible accident injury insurance that covers active people. So that means if you go out on a hike and uh, you trip and you fall and you dislocate your knee or break your collarbone or whatever, you would be covered up to $20,000, no deductible. That means you will pay nothing out of pocket. So toppling that on top of your injury insurance or your uh, health insurance, you're pretty much covered. You won't pay anything out of pocket. So all you need to do is go to croom.getspot.com that's croom.getspot.com today to check it out they don't only just cover cycling they cover just about anything if you cut your finger off in the kitchen covered if you get trampled by your dog 
covered. I don't know. I'm just naming random things. It's accident insurance. So go check them out at croom.getspot.com. That's croom.getspot.com. There's also a link in the description below. This episode is also brought to you by Colorado Ski Shop. Colorado Ski Shop is a family business that started in 1994 and has 20 plus years of online shopping experience. Colorado Ski Shop is built of skiers, cyclists, and everything in between. They want to get you set on the right gear for your adventures. And as we all know, it's been super hard to get bike parts. So all you need to do is go to coloradoskishop.com and check out their lineup of bike accessories, ski accessories, and much more. Also, they've just launched a brand new website. And in celebrating that, they're offering all new and returning customers 10% off their next purchase with using promo code COFFEECHAT10 at checkout. This will also get you free shipping in the U.S. as well as a free binding mount if you buy their ski package. So check them out at coloradoskishop.com. That's coloradoskishop.com. Use code COFFEECHAT10 at checkout. The link will also be in the description below. They got a new name, guys. Well, it's not that crazy new, but anyways, Twisted Spoke Apothecary is now going by Twisted Spoke CBD. Uh, Super simple, straight to the point. Uh, But anyways, yeah, Twisted Spoke CBD, um, I've been using them for quite some time. Helps me get to sleep and uh, helps me recover for the next day in the workout session. They even have CBD chamois cream. Uh, If you haven't tried that out or checked that out yet, all you have to do is go to TwistedSpokeCBD.com or TwistedSpokeApothecary.com and uh, check that out. And you can use code CROOM10 to get 10% off your first order of any of the Twisted CBD products. Like I said, my favorite is probably the Twisted Spoke chamois cream. Or I'm really into the CBN Full Spectrum uh, Night Sleep Aid. So, yeah, go check them out at TwistedSpokeApothecary.com or TwistedSpokeCBD.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting here with my good friend, Emma White, who is now a bronze medalist and just got back from the Tokyo Games. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. So what, what is it, you know, before, like, I'm just going to go ahead and get in, like, the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. What does it feel like to stand on the podium at an Olympic Games? You stand on, you've stood on several podiums, but you mm-hmm. just stood on one of the best podiums in in the world. Yeah, like you could ever think of. Yeah, truly, it was it was very surreal the whole entire time. Even during the rides, I kept like having these moments where I was like, "Am I dreaming?" Because this doesn't feel real. It had been so long since we raced let alone still on a podium. And so much of that time, we were wondering if the games would even happen. And I think there was one point where I just wrapped my head around the fact that they weren't going to happen. And I just didn't want to get my hopes up anymore. And I was like, I don't think that they're going to happen. So to be standing on the podium, I was like, wait a minute. They went ahead, they happened, and we're bronze medalists. And that was a really, really amazing feeling. Yeah, and so... You, you have a weird story, and I think a lot of these women, honestly, in the women's team pursuit have kind of crazy weird stories of how they fall into the program. Um, and so let's dive into that a little bit. Like a lot of people, it's funny because everybody knew you guys as the Whites who rode cyclocross, like the Whites family who rode cyclocross. And yeah. now some people probably don't even know that you had ever ridden cyclocross because they know Emma White as the track cycling Olympian. So how did you... Yeah. How did you get into track cycling? Where did that even come from? And where, yeah, where, where does Emma White come from, I guess? Yeah. So I grew up racing cyclocross and road in New England uh, with my older brother, Curtis. 
and uh, did that all the way until, and we were on the same teams for most of that, actually. So uh, in cyclocross, it was Cannondale and he was on rally for a couple of years while I was on it and the hot tubes junior development team. And, um, and it was really fun. We both went to uh, Euro cross camps in, in Belgium and the Netherlands and spent Christmases and Thanksgivings there. And, um, and then I was invited to a talent ID camp in 2018 at, um, in Colorado Springs for the track. And my coach, Kristen, uh, was like, Hey, you know, I think this would be a good idea just, just to make you more fit. <laughs> She's like, yeah. it would really help with cyclocross. And it'll also help with road. You know, you improve your high cadence, you improve your sprinting. Um, it's a win-win. So I was like, oh, okay, like, why not? I knew uh, Katie Compton was actually there. Uh, it, more cyclocross people. And yeah. so I was like, this is, this. what, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, it was really fun. I had a great time. Loved everybody that we worked with. And then on the way home, I was in the airport and Gary Sutton called me and he was like, look, you've got a decision to make. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, like, so like right after that camp, he's getting yeah, literally on the way home. <laughs> and so for, for a lot of you guys that don't know Gary Sutton, well, um, he, when he calls you, he's super straight and to the point. It's like, uh, Hey, and then here's my question. And that's about it. Uh, but anyways, continue. Yeah, we have we have competitions within the team of who can have the longest conversation with Gary because usually they're all about fourteen seconds. Yeah, <laughs> he calls, he says what he needs to, and he hangs up. <laughs> that could either be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, if you're having a long phone call with Gary, that might not actually be a good time. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but anyway, I've always loved every long conversation we've had. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he pretty much said, "I, I see you on this team." It, in during the next olympic cycle and you could wow. be in tokyo and i was like whoa <laughs> as soon as somebody kind of dangles the olympics in your face you you can't you can't really go around that you know like what a dream it is to become an olympic athlete so um it didn't take me too much time to decide although it wasn't an easy decision i love cyclocross yeah. i love cyclocross family but I knew in my heart that I would never forgive myself if I ever, you know, if I didn't go down that path and then the team went on to win or medal at the yeah. Olympics, I'd always be like, I could have been there. Um, so that, that's the story. I, my Cannondale family with cyclocross was very supportive, although disappointed. Um, they were I think everybody in my shoes would have made the same decision. So I'm really happy. And, and I got to meet you, John. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think, well, I think it's funny that you mentioned that it's like, um, I think a lot of people have these Olympic dreams, right? Um, but cyclocross wasn't in the Olympics. Um, yeah. It's always been like a rumor and it's always been chatted about and like, which Olympics do you put it in? Do you put it in the winter games or yeah. in the summer games? But, um, but yeah, would you say that, the Olympics was something that you always wanted to do. And, and that's kind of why you jumped at it. Or like if, I guess if cyclocross was an Olympic discipline, would you have mm -hmm. made switch so quick? Uh, well, truthfully, the Olympics hasn't always been my dream. Okay. Um, world championship has always been my dream. And because of those, 
as well. I did get one of those. I didn't mention that, but yeah, you have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I've actually, I've been to two road world championships, two cyclocross world championships and two track world championships. So I really feel like that was always the dream that was most attainable, you know, through uh, across all disciplines. And sometimes in the Olympics, you don't really think like you don't immediately think Olympics when you think of the highest part, like point in cycling, because it only happens every four years. And um, the world championships is such a, you know, a, a big, big part of the season and something we, we always look forward to. So, um, but once it started to become a possibility, then I was like, full full speed ahead towards the Olympics and every decision I made was kind of based on like, how could I get there? And so, no, I like, I wasn't one of those kids that grew up wanting to be an Olympian. I just, I just wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right, now let's, let's dive into the Tokyo experience because, you know, I've had this conversation. So I, I had the pleasure of riding with, you know, your teammate and friend, Jen Valente up to Leadville this past weekend. Yes. And uh, in the way I said it to her, it was probably worded very poorly. And people are probably going to give me shit for this after I say it. But like after I saw Jen win gold, it like it didn't feel it feels weird. But it was like, oh, like it just almost seemed like she won another bike race. And it was really hard to like put into context <laughs> because it's like I've just seen her so many times and in person and in public and just training with her. And like she had just won Olympic gold. Like it almost mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it diluted the medal. It just like it just seems so that just seems like so far out. Like I would never know an Olympian or like be that close to an Olympian. And so yeah. when you were at the race, you know, cause like when you show up to a world cup after a while, a world cup just becomes a world cup mm-hmm. the worlds just becomes a world. It's just like another bike race. Yeah. What did it feel like when you, cause did, did it ever just kind of hit you that you're just like, all right, I'm at another race. Or was it <laughs> always like, Oh my God, I'm at the Olympics. Or like when you're walking into your, your cubby, like I'm still at the Olympics. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Question I'm asking. Yeah, I do. And I surprised myself here because so in the week leading up to when we flew to Tokyo, we were in LA and I was a mess. I'm not usually a very stressful person or stressed out person, but I was stressed. And I was like, if this is me in Tokyo, like, like this, this isn't it. Like I, yeah. I can't perform at this level because I was so freaked out and I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of crashing. I was afraid of getting COVID. I was like, I was like, I just want to get there and I want to get to the star line. But then once we were there, I was a completely different person. And this is where I surprised myself. I like, even on the start line, I was like, here we go. Like we yeah. put in so much work and we're going to go put it all out there and there's nothing I can do right now to change anything. So I wasn't like, I was really relaxed and normally I think I am pretty relaxed normally. Um, but I thought it might be different because it's the Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, you know, when I got like, when we get our first call ups to world cups or worlds, like, it's just that grand stage of just like full panic and sheer just mm-hmm. like, oh man, like this is the biggest thing. But then like about two or three days in, especially after you get like a couple track sessions in, you just realize it's just like being in LA, especially when you're doing a timed event. Like yeah, when it really comes down to it, like 
whatever time you're going to run is the time that you're going to run. And is, it is what it is like. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that was, yeah. Absolutely. And so, and so, and so, yeah, like I, I think it's really crazy. So we had a, we, you know, we, Adrian lived here at the house and so he went to the Olympics and he brought home all this clothing. So I have to genuinely ask you, what's your favorite piece of clothing and have you given any away and what's your least favorite too? So let's start with your favorite though. Um, I re- we got dresses that Adrian probably did not bring back. Um, he did not. And I wore it to my party. I don't know if you saw pictures, but I had a party when I got back and I thought that was just really fun, super stylish. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't choose the least favorite. Honestly, I love it all so yeah. much. <laughs> I've been living in it. I felt bad because I feel like, but yeah, it's um, the bucket hat is super fun. Never thought I was a bucket hat person, but when I went to the beach, I wore it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, Casey stole Casey stole Hedge's. Well, Hedge gifted it to her, but Casey kept. Oh, that's her. nice. Casey kept telling Hedge how much he wanted or she wanted that hat. Like she just. I don't it. blame her. Yeah, that's pretty special. Yeah, <laughs> so much of it is still like packed away. Like I just didn't know what to do with it all. And I don't know yeah. when I can. Oh, I also love the jeans. I love the opening and closing ceremony outfits because, but I don't know when to eat, like when I can wear them again. I wore them around town once my little town of Duanesburg. Yeah. Did anybody the... say anything? Yeah. It's town is so small. So it's all over the news. I felt like a celebrity uh, because I'm just, my town is just so small. Well, they, this they is the most it. exciting thing that's happened to them. I think they did the most Emma thing ever by whatever bar it was making a drink after you. Right. This has always been my dream. This has been more of a dream than, than being an Olympian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the it drink a, and what's, what's it made out of? And did you have any, uh, I guess, did you have any help in the creation process? Yeah. My sister is the manager of the bar. So, uh, I really didn't have anything to do with it. She took it and ran with it. Oh, she <laughs> and, knew what you liked though. Yeah. Yeah. She gave me a couple options and my boat was tequila, but it was an open bar. And, uh, so people could choose whatever liquor they wanted in it. And it was, um, like a lemonade, but it was red, white, and blue and it was lemonade and it had grenadine in it. And, uh, that's cool. Just, yeah. It was, it was pretty tasty. And then there were cookies with my face on it. <laughs> <laughs> I did see those. I did see those. Yeah, that was awesome. And so yeah. now, the, now the next question is, and, I, and knowing you, you probably were so oblivious or didn't even care to look. Was there any crazy hype in the infield when all – because it seemed like the most watched thing or at least the most drama was in the team pursuits. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Women and men. So did you see anything crazy happen in the infield? Anything that you can talk about? Um, not really. Uh, uh, like I definitely saw videos, but probably all the same videos you saw. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of hype because there wasn't as much hype in the, you know, in the stands. There were more spectators than I expected, truly. But uh, yeah, I think that most of the craziness was happening in the infield, but yeah, I was pretty laser focused. Laser focused, cool. And so, also, you know, we chatted about in previous podcasts uh, the list, the infamous list where everything has to be registered by the UCI. Did you guys oh, yeah. run into any issues with equipment or did you run into any issues? No. 
you guys were all that's good. another thing that i kind of have blinders on yeah i let i let staff do that and i just ride the bike <laughs> cool. and if they had to change anything i probably wouldn't have noticed anyway so maybe maybe we ran into problems and they fixed it and i rode the bike <laughs> you just never knew right on. yeah i'm so, not very detail oriented what's your what's your best memory from the 2020 or 2021 olympic games uh, um our room our suite was pretty fun uh it was megan jennifer lily and myself and uh yeah we would just stay up at night and talk and try on all the clothes and yeah. uh, we had a couple really good laughs and uh that's definitely what i'm gonna look back and remember i think after all of the we practically all lived together in the springs of course yeah. in different places but um just day after day seeing these people and to kind of have it all to come together and be really close off the bike is something that I, I will cherish forever because that that's pretty special and that doesn't happen on every team. No. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, most teams, sometimes you don't even get to talk to some teammates or you don't get to see them. And I mean, or you just see them race to race. I mean, you guys were practically like sisters and yeah, yeah. The whole quarantine together. I mean, you guys were your bubble. That was your bubble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, absolutely. Well, cool. Yeah. And so that's awesome. And, and like I said, I don't want to keep you too long today, but I got that infamous last question and you probably didn't think about it at all. I, yeah, yeah, I was talking. <laughs> because you were talking. But if you could have a cup of coffee, what kind of coffee would you have? What kind of coffee? Yeah, yeah. So like what kind of coffee? Like a latte, cappuccino, okay. cortado. I'm big. Um, Who would you have it with, dead or alive? Okay. Um, I like sweet coffee. All of my teammates okay. make fun of me. I like the coffee that doesn't taste like coffee. Okay, that's okay. Um, that's okay. So... Yeah, anything, anything, vanilla, hazelnut, yeah, Irish cream. I love, get you. So, that. like, essentially, like a frappuccino inside of like the Starbucks little bottles, but more gourmet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like Dunkin', big Dunkin' girl, and that was one thing <laughs> I need to come back to the East Coast for because they're not the same in Colorado. Okay, uh, so our Dunkins aren't the same as your Dunkins, is what you're no. saying? No. Definitely not. Your Dunkins are pretty sad. So it's like Coors Light in Colorado. Like our Coors Light is better than any Coors Light that's anywhere else. I had not heard of that. You've never heard of that. Yeah. Cause it's made in Denver and you know, the mountain water, hmm. but it's bottled. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> it's like Tim Hortons in Canada. I get you. I get you. Cause you guys have Tim Hortons there. Don't you? Yeah, a couple here and there. Yeah, just because it's so close to, because you guys are kind of close to the border, maybe. Yeah, yeah, close we are. Uh, close ish, close yeah. enough to be yeah. to have some Tim Hortons. Okay. Anyways, but yeah, so, uh, Duncan, who? sweet coffee, and then who would it be with, dead or alive? Um, this is pretty pretty sad answer, but I think I'd have to go with Taylor Swift. I don't think that's a sad answer. You think people are going to make fun of you because of who it is? Yeah. Yeah, I do. She's kind of badass though, right? Like, I mean, she I think she's pretty badass. And yeah. I think she's absolutely genius too. Um, everything she does with her, her songwriting and, you know, social media. She's, I think we'd be pretty good friends. Well, I feel like as you have a blue check, that's like, that's like. I do. I need to, I really need to take advantage of that too. 
blue check. I have a blue check deal. and a bronze medal. So, and I don't do anything with either of them. So I, I should slide into her DMs. You should slide into Taylor Swift's DMs. And I think, cause I, I remember like watching videos of like influencers and stuff, like when they DM each other. So supposedly if you have that blue check, it pops up in the, like the guys with guys and girls with higher followers. Like if, if you were to DM them and you had a blue check, it, it will pop up closer so they can see it. Um, because ah. it's recognized, it's verified. And so it's kind of interesting. Cool. So this is probably the best chance that you ever have to getting close to Taylor Swift is what I'm That's saying. That's right. That's true. She did that video for Simone Biles too. I don't know if you saw that. So I feel I like she already has a, yeah, she did a whole like video hyping her up and her, well, she had go. a voiceover. So, um, yeah, so I don't know if that betters lady. my chances or worsens it. Um, I feel like she's already got her Olympian. Yeah, but I feel like you could have multiple Olympians. Um, I think everybody was on Simone Biles' side for the most part with the mental it's health true. stuff that was going on. And yeah, and she's also a bronze medalist. There you go. Twinning. <laughs> right on your twinning with Simone Biles. Yeah, um, that was but, pretty surreal. I do have to say that part about the Olympics, like looking at people who I idolize. I'd be like, oh my God, we have the same shirt on right now. <laughs> or yeah. you also have a bronze medal. Like how, like it just doesn't, it didn't feel equal to me. It felt well, they very. Got, they got the same load of kit that you got too. Yeah. You know? Like, so it's. We it's were like, just matching. Yeah. I, I think that's, it's a wild thing to kind of put together. Um, like I said, when Hedge came in, it looked like the Olympics threw up in my house. Like when you guys yeah. got clothes, I mean, you guys could honestly wore a different piece of clothing every single day like bottom. we did yeah it's that's yeah cool. and you still <laughs> probably had loads of clothes that yeah you touched. still with tags on i mean you guys got what four pairs of shoes five yeah five pairs of shoes jeez okay <laughs> i'm never gonna buy shoes again uh, man if you only wore those shoes for the rest of your life that would be great because they're all red, white, and blue and uh, yeah. pretty dorky. So yeah, um, <laughs> definitely will be made fun of. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, Emma, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Uh, hopefully we can get you close to Taylor Swift. I know my podcast is listened by so many people who knows maybe Taylor Swift listens to this podcast. Maybe <laughs> I really hope that for both of our sakes, she does. <laughs> yeah. That would be wild. Uh, hey Taylor, anyways. love you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh, yeah. Cheers.